This is Rivalries, the show where we meet fans from rival clubs. On Tuesday, Aston Villa play Fulham at Villa Park. Today, I'm joined by Jack Collins. He's a Fulham fan who contributes to the Fulhamish podcast and he's also part of the popular Ranks FC podcast. Jack, welcome back to All Villa, No Filler. Thanks for having me, Frankie. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's good to be back. Yep, anytime, anytime. So, hey, so Fulham's form, uh, you, you've been a bit all over the place recently. You know, you lost four Premier League games in a row, but you have bounced back with two wins in a row now. So uh, what are you expecting from Fulham at Villa Park on Tuesday? I think it's obviously going to be a tricky one. It, you know, I think the form that Villa are in, the fact that this is a side now pushing for the European places, we've kind of swapped spaces from where we were, you know, a month ago where it looked like maybe Fulham were, we're going to be hunting down that seventh spot. It very much looks like Villa's to, to lose now. So I think that there's a nice element that the last two wins have just reminded us that Fulham aren't quite on the beach. And it's a nice thing to have as, as a fan. Look, I, I think that it's going to be incredibly difficult to get anything out of this game at Villa Park considering the way you're playing the way that you dispatched Newcastle the last time you were at Villa Park I think we'll take a little bit of heart from that Brentford performance you know Brentford and Fulham have kind of been in the same kind of spaces I think over the course of, of this season which is a difficult thing as a rivalry perspective but it is <laughs> it's a nice thing going into this that if Brentford can can play the way they did and frustrate Villa for so long in, in a game like the one at the weekend, then Fulham probably have the tools and capacity to do the same. And whilst there isn't all that much to play for from a Fulham perspective, I do think there's an element here of the higher up the table that finish, Fulham finish and kind of build a platform to kick on, the more that players who maybe would have been inclined to move on this summer, I'm looking at Joao Polina, who everyone and their dog seems to be interested in after the season that he's had, you know, can you convince him that this is a project worth sticking around for and worth staying for that another season might bring further, you know, moves up the table, but also further kind of forays deeper into cup competitions, maybe a push for Europe. So I think in that regard, points matter to Fulham. And so you come into this one, you know, in a in a, vein, a vein of form, which isn't great, as you say, you know, the, the kind of five losses on the bounce did really hurt Fulham, I think, across the course of this season. But also now it feels like a team with a little bit of a point to prove in the absence of Alexander Mitrovic with the manager back on the sidelines after all the furore around <laughs> that eight-match ban and the, you know, the, the whole thing that happened at, at Manchester United I think there's an opportunity here that Fulham can just keep rearing their head about the parapet and say we haven't gone away and so if that's what Fulham are playing for then it's quite a nasty spiky game I think for someone like Villa who who don't necessarily who, who are chasing who are chasing Europe themselves and are playing a team that aren't necessarily but equally have a point to prove in terms of where they finish in the table right okay and so you know you mentioned Mitrovic there um how are Fulham without him? Do you think, uh, is it, will he be a big miss against Villa? Yeah, of course. I mean, he's Fulham's talisman as well as top scorer. And so much of the way that Fulham play was geared around Alexander Mitrovic, not just in terms of swinging balls into the box, which people might imagine, but actually quite a lot of our bounce play in the midfield comes from Mitrovic dropping a little bit deep and trying to get the wingers in behind. He's got very good at that kind of one-touch flick over the top that allows someone like a Harry Wilson or a Man of Solomon to, to actually get away and, and cause trouble. So, Obviously, in that regard, we're going to miss him. The five losses, you know, and the four of them post-Mitrovic's suspension have felt, I think, a bit like 
that Fulham were kind of working out what to do without Alexander Mitrovic because Carlos Vinicius came in and whilst he might be a similar physique to Alexander Mitrovic, they're actually very different players. And Vinicius likes the ball on the deck. He's not actually that good at using his body in order to, to kind of win physical duels. And so in the last couple of games, we saw Dan James play against Everton uh, and then Bobby over reed play in, in the last game against Leeds at the weekend and, and trying out that kind of different type of number nine. I hesitate to say false nine because there's far less dropping in than actually you might imagine from even a Mitrovic kind of character. It's very much stretched defence, try and get over the top, try and play. Bobby Reed drops in a little bit more than Dan James did against Everton. But I'd imagine that James might get restored to the lineup here uh, and try and stretch Villa over the top in order to just kind of spread this game out and open up those spaces for someone like Andreas Pereira to play within. So Fulham have struggled without Mitrovic, but I think over the last two games, we've seen a change, a plan B that's actually worked. And, and for it, I think Fulham are, are a better side in learning how to deal with the absence of Mitrovic. Right, because, yeah, I did see that Dan James started, I think it was against Everton in the 3-1, but didn't start against Leeds. Uh, and I see that Harry, Harry Wilson has two goals in two games as well. And I did wonder, you know, Dan James played against Villa for Leeds last season at Villa Park under very different circumstances, under you know, different manager, Stephen Jarrod. But he did cause Villa's defence a lot of problems, just but with his movement. And I do wonder if Villa got caught maybe playing a high line and you got a ball in behind to Dan James, whether that might actually uh, be a way forward for Fulham. And also, you know, we do like to commit on the left-hand side with Moreno, a player that we've talked about before as well. Um, and if, you know, maybe if he gets caught a bit further at the pitch, if we give the ball away foolishly and Wilson's just there to strike on that side of the pitch, that could be somewhere potentially that Fulham might cause a few problems. Um, do you think that is, is that kind of a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it is. And, and I do think that Fulham are going to look to sit in a bit deeper here. I'd imagine it is that midfield pairing of, of Joao Polinia and, and Harrison Reed, which is, you know, not the most dynamic pairing in the world, but they will sit in front and screen a defence. The defence has been very good this year. I think Kenny Tete at right back has been, I would say, arguably the best right back in the division across the course of this season. It's right. been a really, really impressive campaign and he's a wonderful one-on-one -on -one defender. And I think that that's going to be important and that battle with Moreno and, and Buendia and, and the players who overlap down that side and we know that you know Emery doesn't use traditional wingers in, in, in the traditional sense and likes to get those full backs forward that battle between Tete and Moreno on your left and our right I think is, is a really really important part mm. of, of how this game progresses it's really nice to see Harry Wilson back um, he, he got he was important, very important in, in Fulham's campaign last season. I think he got 10 assists for Mitrovic alone, 12 assists in all. I think he was 10 goals, 12 assists. So double figures for both. Um, and he's been absent with, with an injury for most of the campaign. And then when he has been getting back, he's been kept out of the team by the form of Bobby Decordovery, by the form of Willian, by the form of Nisus Gabano, who's just come back from an injury of himself. So there's been lots of different things that have stood in Harry Wilson's way. You know, how do you feel about uh, Fulham going to Villa Park and playing an Aston Villa team that are in such good form? I mean, I, I think you look at this and and these games, Marco Silva sides, let's put it this way, Marco Silva sides often start seasons well and then finish seasons poorly. Then they, mm. they often run out of steam a little bit. And it's been one of the big complaints about his style of football that has kind of, gone through his career, is permeated through different clubs. And so the changing aspects of that are important, but they're also kind of this element that, you know, Fulham are safe. And if it had been the other way around and Fulham had been started badly and then come into this game needing points to survive, 
I'd be looking at this with severe trepidation. I'd be looking at this and saying, this is the kind of game that Fulham just don't go and win. They're, 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 you know, famously, these are the ones where you need to go somewhere and get points when you're in the scrap for survival and the other team are just better than you and make it count. I think the freedom with which Fulham have kind of been given the, the freedom to approach games of, of recent recent times is maybe the reason that there's more hope than there would be. If this was a pressure game, I would back us to get absolutely nothing out of it. But because it's not a pressure game for Fulham, and because it's one of those ones that midweek, in, in the middle of a kind of difficult run of fixtures for, you know, for everybody in terms of the stagnation of the schedule and, and the fact that there are lots of games in the next couple of weeks and it builds up really heavily... I think it's the kind of game that Fulham can look at and be like, ah, we'll give this a go. We'll, we'll defend deep. We'll, we'll look to, you know, to hurt them on the break. We'll look to utilise the pace of not only James and Wilson, but the kind of flourish that Willian has of beating players. The fact that Anthony Robinson can fly forward from left back into those areas. I think it's the kind of game that the longer it goes on without Villa scoring, the more Fulham will look to this and think there's opportunity here because they're going to have to chase this. I think if you were, you know, on the same points that we were and we were in, in the same part of the season, and I think the recent run from Villa to, to get into these spaces and, and get into the conversation for Europe piles the pressure onto you a little bit. Mm. Up to this point, I think you look at the game like the Newcastle game and it still felt like Villa were rank outsiders to go and nick a European spot with the schedule that was left. Yeah. And suddenly... You're sixth. Yes, obviously, Liverpool have a game in hand. Brighton have three. Fine. But Tottenham are plummeting like a stone at the moment. Mm. And you kind of look at all of it and you go, well, if Villa don't get Europe now, is that a disappointment? And then suddenly, does that start to affect the atmosphere where it gets a little bit tense? If mm. it gets a bit tight, if the game hasn't gone you know, particularly to plan? All of these things, I think, factor in. So it's going to be very interesting to see how how that develops in terms of the crowd, in terms of well, I think everyone's obviously flying at Villa at the moment, and, and rightly so. And Emery is doing such a wonderful job that that kind of is the way it should be. Mm. But I wonder if now that the kind of bar has been set and the mm. tone has been set of European place in sight, in focus, all we have to do is kind of finish out this season the way we've been playing, does there start to become a little bit of tension on it? And, you know, I'm sure the Renew the Passports tweets are coming out and all of these things. <laughs> yeah. Can Fulham kind of play on that and prey on that? That's the that's the question I would be posing to Fulham. Are you going to let a side here who have, you know, overtaken us in in this race, are you going to let them fly away even further? I imagine that's what Marcus Silva would be saying to his players. And for that reason, I wonder if there's something that, if, that's, if Fulham gets something out of this game, I think it's going to be playing on that. Yeah, completely. And I, I think you're exactly right whether that pressure does start to come to the fore a little bit. We've been playing without pressure for so long. And now it's suddenly like, oh, we actually are playing for something. And we have a run-in where we've got Brighton at home, Man United away, Liverpool away. Tottenham at home as well. So these are all clubs in and around where we are. And Fulham, of course, as well, who are not far off us as well, really. Yeah. Um, and, you know, squad-wise, you know, against Brentford, you're looking at it, you're thinking Cash, Kamara, uh, Coutinho, Leon Bailey, and maybe even Emmy Martinez on Tuesday night might not be available. It's it, it looks like quite a light squad. And I wonder if Ashley Young might go out the team for Callum Chambers tomorrow, maybe just to slightly switch it up a bit, you know, because it's asking a lot for him to keep playing all the time, you know. Um, but look, he's evergreen, so he seems to be able to do it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, I guess, you know, just as we come to round it up now, you know, um, where where do you think Villa can hurt Fulham? Is there anywhere that you particularly identify and think that maybe gives you a few worries? Look, you're, you've been notoriously fast starters, right, over mm. the last couple of weeks. And actually, we're often slow to get off the mark, right. especially in second halves. 
Um, you know, if, if it's nil-nil at half time, it's been those first five minutes after half time where Fulham have really kind of fallen away uh, in recent weeks. So I'd imagine that that's something that Emery will be looking at. You know, obviously we know all about the tactical dossiers that he's prepared on on where the weak links are. I think if you look at this Fulham squad. There is a little bit, uh, uh, you know, at times uh, of complacency. And actually, I think it's something that, you know, we have in common in that Anthony Robinson will look to get forward at any opportunity uh, in the kind of mould that Alex Moreno does. And William will step inside in front of him and allow him to bomb down that wing. And it does sometimes leave Fulham a little bit exposed in those areas. I imagine that Ollie Watkins will try to be on the side uh, of Tim Ream and trying to get in behind him in order to cause those problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and look, if Wendy can get in the hole behind Pellini and Reed, then we know he can cause problems. This is something that Fulham haven't come up against, you know, and we talked about Emery's inverted centre midfielders who play as wingers before. We haven't quite come up against, I think, an overload in the centre like this, where actually you look at the two bombing forward from the base um, and then you look at the two wide players who actually come inside to overload. It's not something that Reed and, and, and Polina have dealt with massively this season. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see what that looks like. Obviously, Andreas Pereira plays in front of them. He does sometimes drop in to make it a three at the back, but, sorry, a three a three in midfield. But actually, he, he just looked very tired, I think, of late. Um, he okay. covers every blade of grass. He didn't get a summer last year because he came straight from you know, the Brazilian Serie A to the Premiership or the Premier League and, 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 and hasn't really had that break. So I wonder if that's an area where the overloads in midfield could actually make a major difference here just in terms of your numerical superiority. Okay, that's very interesting to hear. Um, well, look, uh, dare I ask, will, will you say a score prediction? I'll, I'll take an incredibly hopeful one-all. A one-all? Okay, I'm going to say, I think you might score, actually, but I think Villa might just might just edge it. I, it, 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 it. Some of it comes down to whether Emi Martinez starts or not. I feel a lot more confident if he's there basically, um, yeah. then I'll, I'll back up the keeper. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, you know, Jack, you're part of uh, Ranks FC, super podcast. Um, can you just tell us where we can find you yourself and Ranks FC and full of indeed online as well? Uh, yeah, perfect. I, I'm at Jay Collins uh, over on Twitter. And yeah, we do a more general football podcast, which I imagine will be of more interest to your followers than, than a Fulham one. Uh, Ranks FC on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, a general kind of chat around football, uh, around Europe and, and the world.